the optimal life. So, Sharon, just based upon your smile and your demeanor, <laughs> I could see why you're such a popular teacher. <laughs> Thank you. So you were saying that you listened to a recent episode that I did with uh, Jerry Burrs, I think, is who you're talking about. Why don't we start there? What What did you take from that? Uh, how, how we learn lessons from our children? I, in listening to that, just the demeanor of both your conversation with him, but also just what he was teaching about um, that special needs child that they have in the family. And even with four additional children after that, and then the one that he adopted, which was the first child. Um, but just how he worked through it with his wife. And you kept focusing on, um, it's not easy to just even work through challenges, but having those special situations that they had in their family, how did they hold it together? And then I just saw connections of when we intentionally look at our daily life and wanting to make a difference for ourselves and also in our communication with one another, then I saw common threads between his presentation and just even my prep for our work today, Positive Peace, um, I'm 32 years in education, and some of the things that I will share with you, just even from my students, and that's where I saw my impact was their feedback. And um, even this artwork that I have, the statement, life is good. And this was a student who just painted me a happy birthday message. And my birthday is in November. And school had just started two or three months in. But this clued me in that she heard her teacher when there were things that they would say to me, things that challenged them or things they were concerned about. But I had an expression, life is good. We worked through it and the day went on. For her to paint me this, parents had to buy the materials and everything but I saw the impact of a teacher in a child's life and they are listening to us also. So mm -hmm. we do get clues from them and cues and they also give us right back. They sure do. So what grade do you teach? It was elementary school and at this time was grade five, but I've done them all from kindergarten through grade five in elementary. What's your favorite age to teach? Uh, grade five? Uh, well, kinder was fabulous because then they, they were five-year-olds. Um, the only thing is they were ESOL, so they were Spanish-speaking children, and they were learning the language. And even though I would put on, you know, music and tape, um, B-I-N-G-O, B-I, you know, and um, there was a farmer had a and, you know, and Bingo was his name or, you know, and even though we were singing and they were learning, but there was still just that little battle with learning the new language. Mm. Second grade wasn't bad. They were a little more independent and they could learn things. They could perform for their parents on stage. But grade five where I ended was a charm because my 
for most of my career was advanced academics, the gifted and talented. Mm. And not only because of their strengths, but just to see their critical thinking skills. They um, we entered them in service learning, problem solving contests in the district. And they worked through that and really got successful um, accolades it pleased me to know that so many students year after year would win these awards. They would get to meet um, school board members. They receive certificates with their names, first and last name in a certificate of recognition and gift cards to local stores and also tickets for the family to the um Marlin baseball game. So those were great impacts for me on families in the community. Uh, Sharon, where do you see at what age between the the, the five-year-olds that are in kindergarten all the way up through the 10, 11-year-olds that are in fifth grade, is there a common point where you see these children's personalities truly enhance and develop are they already fully developed like they're, they're the foundation of their personality when you get them in kindergarten or is there a little bit later of an age where there's a big jump to okay now they've really developed take us through that yes that's uh thanks for that question nate excellent focus point i remember um when i did the seven-year-olds and i remember part of my when i even asked my um, principal to move me from for kinder to second. And I remember being just even saying that I wanted that little age group because the research does show that by seven years young, their personalities are really formed, their mindset for the most part, and even their little quirks and habits. And unless something drastic or specific happens later to impact or change that, if they leave me whatever I saw with that seven-year-old, that second grader, if I should speak with their middle school teacher or their high school teacher, they would see similar things that I saw then. Mm. And that was from way back and the research does show that. So you really, you took that challenge on because you wanted to make sure that you put your fingerprint, your blueprint on those kids. When you asked for the second graders, you did that because you realized that's the tipping point. This is the last year of that big development, the brain development where their personalities, the foundation of their personalities are going to be fully formed come third grade, uh, you know, give or take. Yes. And second grade to you was the tipping point. Yes, the, the, the research does show that. And I will also add that students who I taught in second, when they went on to middle school or even high school, and they attained things like national dean's list, national honor roll, there was one little student, and I remember I can see him laughing at whatever might have been the jokes or the situations in class. I can see the little squints with his eyes. And that family moved to New Jersey. I have never taught in New Jersey. And while he was there and got his special accolades, 
they asked him to recognize teachers or teachers who impacted or motivated him, inspired him to where he was. And I was one of the teachers named. I just, last I saw him when he was seven. Wow. When they got in touch with me, that's how I got some of those honors. Outstanding teacher Amer in America or um, the other one about the um, teachers who's who. Those were students were in 12th grade and they identified Miss Wallen from way back in elementary school. Wow. So it's impactful. That's got to make it. That's everything for you. Yes. All the work, all the late nights, the weekends. Uh, going through the homework, counseling these children, spending time in your personal life. She's laughing because this is all exactly what she's lived for all these decades. That's everything for you. When you have a kid that you touched at such a young age, go around and, and is making this deans or the honors and says all those years later, yeah, I remember that first or second grade teacher, Miss Wallen. She was the one that really made an impact on my life. That's incredible. That's huge. That's huge. That really is huge. And, and you mentioned you, you've won various awards, the nation's most respected teachers, outstanding teachers, the who's who in America uh, for possessing professional integrity, demonstrating outstanding achievement in their respective fields. So kudos to you. So when you look at those students, were you able to tell that that student at that age was going to have such academic success in later years? No, I couldn't necessarily tell that, that that specific child. But what I found now that I reflect on my work, Nate, is it's important the environment we set for them. What I noticed was we had acceptance, there was openness, there was emotional intelligence, strengths was how I approached them. Uh, there was empathy in the classroom. I remember a few years ago, one school year was about to start, and I remember my colleagues, Ms. Wallen, I hear that you're going to get so-and-so, and they would call the child's name. I had no idea who they were speaking about because I'd never met the child. And school year started, and I met him. And I just want to read something from what he wrote at the end, the closing of school. To Miss Wallen from TTC Fridge. And he, that meant he says he was totally cool, like a fridge. This is how he felt. <laughs> Thank you for teaching me, for making me a fridge, for trying to give these kids manners, for being humble during any situation for believing in our dreams and goals and motivation, except robbery, for coming to work every day, putting up with our foolishness, meaning having to waste your time, laugh out loud, for lifting us up to our goals, for making us feel important. And then he wrote, that's a 10-year-old writing me at the end of school. Mm. And so these are clues that... um lets me know the environment we set for them is what makes each child able to flourish whatever was in the home life is good when they get to that class they can forget it i used to enjoy like at the end of the day the bell would ring for dismissal and when they go 
oh no then that makes me know they had a great day in school or you wow. know yeah because so, i was usually going i was usually going oh yes get me out of here <laughs> so i must not have had many miss wallens in my childhood no you probably did but you had <laughs> something else <laughs> yeah well that's that's for sure so are you able then on the flip side when there's a, a child that's a problem and you could see that they have emotional issues and behavioral issues. What are some of the strategies that you employed uh, to help them through those? And were you able to correct it before they went on to the next school year? Uh, there were challenges. Um, they, I can remember if I observed something, then there were strategies that we could use. So, What's this? Well, yeah, take us through some of those, please. So, like when we open the the beginning of the day, like I get to work early, so then I would be listening to a few motivational tapes, Jim Ron, um, Zig Ziglar. I would be listening to some of those, Doctor Cindy Trim, and I would listen to those before. So for myself, there were things I read before, my own strategies that had me already like in a positive space to welcome them. But when they walk in, sometimes I might have classical music on, or if there was a song that I hear them liking, I might have something like that on when they walk in. Sometimes there were like sticky notes on their desk. If I if it was a test or if they did something well the day before, I might with their own, each child would have a sticky note, welcome back something like even after Christmas break. I know they're not in a rush for back to school, but I might have a welcome with a little candy, you know, whether a mint or um, sometimes there is that Dove candy. I love those because it had positive little messages under the wrapper. And then you would hear them reading and sharing with one another what the messages were. And that is communication. So there were strategies like I would do those little things. Something will still escalate um, because it's already whatever trauma a child might have or whatever, just already the personality. So then there were Discovery Ed, had character Ed videos. So I might find some of those. We might watch some videos, discuss them. And then other times it would get to having to refer to the counselor, you know, for help and assistance. Um or administration if it got to that. But there were a few cases that might have that. But yeah, so- it, this so Some was of your strategies, really, it, it's about the, the positivity aspect and that we're going to get to this positive peace stuff. But your strategies really were, let's make this a less anxious situation yeah. for the child that's having this difficulty, that's having this behavioral issue. And yeah. you're coming in with a positive mindset. You're doing your homework. And you're bringing that in in real time and then transferring that positivity to the student, whether it's it's chocolates, whether it's their favorite music, those kind of things. And are you doing this in a one-on-one -on -one setting? Usually it's the, the classroom. So the it's so it's openness to everyone. So there's a sense of fairness. However, especially the last few years of work, I had by my work, by my computer table, there was a special chair. So if they came to me with a concern or something, I would invite them, sit. 
And sometimes it would be a surprise for the teacher to be saying, you know, sit, I'm willing to speak with you. And then that could be one on one. Did you ever and have not- siblings? Did you ever have siblings in the same class, twins or anything like that? Wow. Or 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 even not twins. It could have been just just siblings in multiple years. Did you ever have that? Yes, I have taught like this art is mm-hmm. the younger sister to one I taught a few years before. Did you ever have a sibling that one they had complete per, opposite personalities? One was a good student, happy, joyous, and then the other may have been complete opposite, antisocial behavior issue. She's shaking her head. Yes. And laughing again. Here we go. <laughs> I'm curious. You have had that. I, I want to understand from your perspective, because that to me is always the most mysterious thing in the world to me that you have two kids coming up in the same household, close in age, and they seem like they come from different ends of the planet. What do you make of that? Uh, uh, the, the thing is, as teachers, you don't want to say your hands are tied, so but they are tied so most of the time. So I remember in particular one of these little um was a younger student. I remember when I taught the older sibling, and this little one was in a stroller. I remember this little one. And when I got her, wow, very different from the older child. But um I uh, the, the younger one, like she would stand for issues and things like even the environment and water safety. And so this is how I remember her today. So even when I'm brushing my teeth and if the water is running, I'm remembering that little child because she was so vocal about, you know, whatever was her passion and stuff like that. So wow. she really yeah. left an imprint on you. Yes. Oh, yes. And, and and it really was very, very different from the older sibling. But I can remember just even her passion about um, earth awareness and the environment. Yeah. So, so but, that would that would support an argument that nature and predisposition uh, trumps everything. Right. Because they're coming up in the same environment, yet the older one had nothing to do with that kind of personality. And this one is teaching you about global warming and all these other things that you need to be doing to improve. So I just find that I find the whole nature nurture thing of fascinating uh, discussion because there is no one size fits all. Uh, But, but there are those examples where no matter what you have, nature is just a lot of us. I do believe are, are just preordained and predestined with these different traits and personalities and The way we think and feel, the brain is a powerful thing, regardless of what environment you put it in. Yes, I agree, and um, and also the um, you know the the position in the family where the first child, you know, only child, right. um, last sibling, you know, youngest. I think what, those what's, what's the best kind of student, generally speaking, Sharon? If you have a, a student that has siblings. Did you like the oldest child, the middle child, the youngest child, or, or again, was it all over the place? You know, I'm not sure if it's because I'm a firstborn. <laughs> well, so am I, Sharon. There we go. So the, you already answered it. You don't have to say anything else. <laughs> we know the oldest child is the best child. Come on. 
point I'm noticing that those I work, you know, we worked well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that youngest child gets you. They start telling you you better turn the water off while you're brushing your teeth. You don't have to deal with that with us oldest children. No, no, you. no. God, we fall in place. So help us, God. <laughs> Well, talk to us about this concept of positive peace. That's something that you're you're really one of your missions now, and one of your yeah. prime missions is is providing positive peace. We're all searching for answers, you say, to calm our, our troubled minds and soothe our anxious hearts. Yes, and uh, you are helping people learn how to practice positive peace. What exactly does that mean? Right, and I got this interest. Um, I guess I was look, look, researching something just even on peace. And there is this arm now, Nate, in positive psychology. And this is where this positive peace comes from. And what I found interesting is you, you would just think that peace, just any peace is good. But what the difference is, when you say peace, there usually is one where there is no war, or absence of aggression, or absence of retaliation. But this positive piece is what societies or governments are trying to build, where it's a society where there is fairness, there is um, resources um, that are, you know, universal or shared enough for um, for equity, and then there was just this concept of fairness, openness, authenticity. In other words, the person is approaching the situation, the relationship from an empowered point as opposed to uh, conflict resolution strategies, as opposed to, oh my God, I have to work on my anger, I have to break down anger, I have to stop fighting with that. And that, just that little shift or change really got me curious. So how does someone put that into action? They're feeling anxious, whether they're a student, yeah. a child, yeah. a teacher, a friend, an adult, we all are, especially yeah. post-pandemic. And, yes. the, and the way that society has changed and all the stress and all the trauma from it. And people are feeling very anxious these days. So what, what are some of the actionable steps? Yes, little steps. And even Stanford University, there's a professor, Fogg, and he talks about little steps that build positive peace. And my work and my writing in Grateful Reflections Journal, it offers the user those strategies of stopping, just being intentional. When I, when we awake in the morning, we all have that start. And I can just stop. And what do I want for today? What's my goal? And what, do, and it can just be one thing simple. I might just want to be able to breathe calmly today. And then we have to just, Notice when we're in a situation, we might be driving in traffic. We might be online in the supermarket. There might be someone who their voice, their tone, something just gets me to my what am I former mood. And I can choose intentionally in that mindful moment. I can walk away. I can step away. I can choose to breathe in two, three, out, 
two, three count. And because those are new behaviors, my body is going to know that I'm doing something. Now, later in the day, I might still flip. But then I want to tell myself, Sharon, you're working on these new strategies. I might want to read up on that strategy. I might want to, so you just flipped, but then let's try this new way. And then if I did it once, I might want to do it two times now. I might want to do that deep breathing three times because now I'm trying to correct what just happened that I really want to break. So we all go through that. And I'm able to give these strategies because I too, whatever good I might have, I want to take it also to another level. So then I'm also learning when I read, when I um, go to the spa, when I'm at the gym, I'm learning new strategies and I want to take them, apply them as I go on. So that mindfulness, that thinking in the moment and, and bottom line, self-care. And I heard your um, Jerry speak about that also, just that self-love taking care of my own self-awareness, knowing where I am. And those are some of the pillars of um, emotional intelligence, self-awareness, how I even work in relationships, how I am, and just stopping, breathing, repeating that, uh, telling myself good, positive talk. We tell ourselves over 30,000 words a day. They're not always good as, oh my God, I blew it. I just did wrong. She's better than me. He did. He has this and I don't have. No, 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 no. Oh no. I woke up this morning. My, I am well. My joints are not in pain. Uh, tell yourself truths. And so self-talk, breathing, um, gratitude. What are one or two things I'm thankful for? And again, I'm echoing what your um, that video, that podcast um, that I listened to, that nature. And he talked about going out and just learning. But and I will add to that, just go and observe. There's no way just to look at the, the leaves, to look at um, experience, even rain, the ocean, a bird flying, how their wings, the colors. Stopping to do that takes us away from the humdrum and adds quality. We breathe better. We, um, our body relaxes. Anxiety lessens. Um, cortisol or whatever gets us excited. That is lowered. And we're helping ourselves with health benefits. And so those are great rewards from just these new little strategies, small steps that make huge difference. And so, gratitude. I'm yeah, sorry. So let me ask you. So you have a day and you go through it and you do it multiple times and you feel like it was a good day overall. You, you, you were really mindful. You lived it. You felt it. You were in that moment. And then, then you go to bed and the next day, do you just wake up and say, okay, on to the next or do yeah. you live in that same exact mindset once again? You try, you try to repeat. You try to repeat because you're now learning new habits. These are, need to become habits. 
uh, they're not natural for us. And just as um, Stephen Covey talks about those habits of highly effective people, and there are some that are private habits and some that are public. And so in the private ones, you want to put first things first and um, take care of that self. I can only bring to the conversation what I have. So if I have peace, if I have compassion, if I have kindness, I can bring that. If I'm frightened, if I'm anxious, worried, if I'm hateful, then that's what I'm going to bring. There's also that expression, wherever you go, there you are. And that's really true. I can only bring to a situation who I am. Now, life is not easy. I um, lived in a family where I have parents. I was the apple of their eye. And then I am experiencing stuff now with folks who are still family members, but love is just, it's defined very different for them. So what I am facing from folks who they would probably call it love, have me running to, I am a person of faith, so I'll run to God and I say, God, what is this? Um, uh, this is creating, you know, um, some anxiety, but then I work it through because then I do journaling. and I. So I'm just sharing that to say that, yes, you will have good habits, but there will be challenges. But you just have to be able to identify when they're there and then use a strategy that will get you to the place because the bottom line is wellness and wholeness. Yes. And that piece is what is important for me because, and for all of us, because it's our health. Um, it's wellness. It's reducing anxiety. It's lowering blood pressure. So it's really about wellness overall. Dig into that. You, you, let us peek behind the curtain very briefly, and we always <laughs> like that. But I really want you to dig into that as much as you can. You said that you you viewed love in one way, and you have other family members now showing you things that are making you uncomfortable. What what exactly what exactly is it that you're working through in, in that regard? Um, in other words. Um, Again, I, I also, another thing is the more you learn also, it's like you're bringing yourself to a stage of such addition. What they, There is that concept of addition versus deficit. So when you have folks who consistently, you know, they wake up and they're thinking about things that went wrong years ago and they're still there, but you're adding to this new dimension then you both don't meet in a conversation at the same place. So it's those challenges that I'm facing, um, just even with my dear siblings. And when I bring it up, you know, then they say, well, you know, if we, if we don't speak with you, if we don't, it's still love. And I just, I never grew in anything like that. My, that's mm -hmm. not how, and as the first one, I was the one who, I brought joy. I had the plans for the next activity. My parents were happy. So I am accustomed to a level of joy 
and happiness around me. And there is a shift in the days now, um, keeping things real, uh, just a complete other way. And therefore it's a new understanding for me. I can observe it. I can probably pray for people, but it might introduce itself, not as depression, but makes me sad some of the times or when, when it happens, but I find that I have to read um, positive books, scripture, to really pick myself up. And right. I, why it stands out, Nate, is for decades in my life, I did not experience that, not in my nuclear family, mm. no. So, so now you're, what you're dealing with is truly practicing this positive piece yes. in this specific situation and trying to get yourself to realize that there, there, no matter what you do, no matter how much you stress, no matter how anxious this makes you feel, that may not change what anybody else's actions are. Right. So you could right. live in the anxiousness, right? You yes. could live in that and the actions are still going to be the same, or you could live in the peace knowing that the actions again are still going to be the same. Yes. Yes. And end of the day, my wellness is what's important and I have to get myself there. But I am again with that mindfulness, which is living in the present. I'm able to see and notice that this is not usually how our life experiences were. <clears throat> so this is something else that's happening. I can love folks or care, but when in, the interactions do happen, they're unexpected. Like I, I don't expect it. So it surprises me for that moment, but then I have to apply strategies to work through it. Yes. Well, the the best way to the best way to improve is, of course, to go through it. Yes, you could think about it all you want, but until you actually get thrown into the fire, you're, there's no way you could ever improve for the next time. Each time, it makes you stronger. That's and gets true. You prepared and gets you prepared for the next time, and, and it lessens the sting every single time. That is true. Um, that is yeah. So, so that's that's very interesting. So, in the the positive piece. Tell me, uh, I know you're talking about you have to keep doing it re repetition because you need to get into the habit, the routine. What's that special thing about like the 21 day rule? Yes. So there is Dr. Uh, Carolyn Leaf, and she has that uh, switch on your brain. And it takes us 21 days to learn a new habit. And my book, Grateful Reflections Journal, it's written in cycles of those 21 days and where the writer, it's a journal. So they're writing their affirmation. Again, those positive pieces, they're writing their affirmation for the day. I am, I have, and there are three different ways to write them. Uh, what is your goal for the day? Um, and they get to just write that out. And then what steps will I take to achieve those? Today, I'm thankful for. Gratitude is important because it shifts our mood. 
uh, increases happiness. You can't be sad and grateful at the same time. Like the, the body doesn't, they don't go together in terms of the brain and the... Um, you're saying in a, in a, a split instance... Because you may be sad at one portion of the day, but you're you live in a great. But you're saying the brain in a split instance. If oh, it's yeah. feeling sad, it's not feeling grateful. Right, and while they're sad, if they would just stop and just think, let's say they're sitting. I'm sitting on this chair. The chair is holding me up. You want to talk things that are true. You don't want to tell yourself lies because then that's just to add more anxiety. But talk things that are true. And if they don't know where to start, just start where you are. Um, I'm grateful for this interview with Nate this evening. Um, uh, I have resources in my home that work well. I have uh, friends who care for me. I have a meal. I enjoyed lunch today. And so whatever is just changing to that gratitude shifts the spirit the focus and definitely the mood it boosts the mood and just changes reduces anxiety but definitely causes a shift in that moment mm, powerful stuff yes, Grateful the reflections journal we've linked this book in the show notes if you guys want to learn more about one of the greatest teachers to ever walk our beautiful country Miss Sharon Wallen, you can uh, click the links in the show notes. Where else can uh, people find you, Sharon? At gratefulreflectionsjournal.com and amazon.com also. Um, but gratefulreflectionsjournal.com is my website. What is the remainder of, uh, what does 2023 look for you? We're starting springtime. You're practicing <laughs> positive peace this spring. What does the rest of spring, summer, and the entire year look for you? growth uh more growth i still study um just myself so i'm still writing notes on what i'm learning today and also as um divine intervention as my savior gives me ideas then i'm also in the process of more writing so more books are on the way and um I'm part of that number one, a collaborative work, number one, international bestseller, Wickedly Smart Women. And I do have a chapter in that book also. So studying, mm -hmm. practicing the strategies, um, and also writing because growth is important, Nate. And that's what I value. Yeah, absolutely. Beautifully said. We're always growing. We never get to the tip of the sphere. You, you never get to that that mountaintop. You're always chasing it, but that's yeah. that's the way it should be. Hey, uh, really wishing you all the best and, and appreciate connecting with you. This was beautiful. I enjoyed the visit. Thanks for finding me, and please stay in touch. Thanks, Nate. Best wishes to you and your business and your audience. Thank you.